On episode 15 of Lancaster Connects, I'm joined by Jonina Terzi from the Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. We'll also have our local events rundown, our food truck alert, how you can help your local community, a really great local history nugget from a guest. We've got a tip for you on how to sleep better. Actually, it's one I'm working through at home right now with myself and my sons and your chance to win one of two $25 gift cards to a local Lancaster restaurant. That's all coming up on episode 15 of Lancaster Connects. So how can you support the local Lancaster community? That's what this show is all about. Well, it's just me again. Well, it's it's solo Lancaster Connects for week two. Uh, I'm back, back from my uh, 10-day excursion. Uh, it's Ben's turn for uh, vacation, and um, we're coming to you from the dream room here at Gardener's Mattress and More, Lancaster Connects, brought to you by the Sleep Better book. We'll mail you a copy for free. Just go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sleep dash better right there on your screen. And if you're listening, you don't spell out the dash. It's just sleep hyphen better. Don't spell out hyphen either. But uh, yeah, I'm back. I was kind of looking around. It's like my, my I, usually I'm over here and Ben's over there, but uh, I'm here. Ben's away with his family, having a wonderful time away. Well earned. Um, try to say not deserved anymore because deserved is an entitlement word. Uh, you earn things in life that you get. Ben has has a very much well-earned vacation that he's enjoying right now as we speak. He's probably somewhere up there in upstate New York having a grand old time. So that's what uh, some of the pictures are on screen. Uh, I was away and uh, had an amazing trip. Uh, I'm an avid motorcycle fan um, and uh, really had just a blast riding through western Pennsylvania, uh, western Maryland, the state of West Virginia, traversing that. Uh, into North Carolina, back into West Virginia, and then Ohio for a marketing event, and then home. And it was really great. Uh, as a day trip, boy, if you've uh, if you've not done the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon as a day trip with your family, just to take in the scenery, something you should definitely do. Easy day trip, and uh, you'll just be taken aback by what we have right here in our own state. But uh, coming up, we've got Jonina Terzi from the Lancaster Farm Sanctuary, uh, interesting guests make you think differently about how we uh, get the food on our table. Uh, we've got what's going on in and around Lancaster. I'll give you a quick tip from the Sleep Better book. Uh, we've got some food trucks where they'll be, where and when. I enjoyed quite a few food trucks on that trip I took, actually. Uh, we'll talk about how you can help your neighbors by joining the Lancaster Connects community. Um, and local history nugget, as I said, we have got a guest for that, Adam Zern from Uncharted Lancaster, who is also on the board of the Historic Preservation Trust of Lancaster County. It's a mouthful, but they do a lot for preserving the uh, history of our county. And boy, Adam really uh, has a passion for it. And of course, we've got our weekly restaurant gift card giveaway. So remember, this show is also available as a podcast. You can find the links for it at LancasterConnects.com. Please like, please share, comment about the video you're watching, whether it's the full show, the clips, please comment, tell a friend about the show. Sharing really is caring. You can do us a tremendous favor, share it, comment on it, uh, give us the, the love reaction uh, when you love the clip. Uh, it would really help us out. All right. So I've got a rundown for you of this week's local events. All right. So uh, American Music Theater is back. Uh, they obviously were closed due to the COVID pandemic. So Saturday, June 19th at seven o'clock, the uh, American Music Theater is welcoming Marty Stewart and his fabulous superlatives to the stage. Grammy Award winner and country music torchbearer Marty Stewart celebrates the 20th anniversary of his iconic album, The Pilgrim. Uh, this show was originally scheduled for June 2020. Uh, they have VIP packet ticket packages, uh, along with single tickets being sold for $35. You can visit amtshows.com for more info and tickets. And of course, the American Music Theater is located here in town on 
Lincoln Highway East. That's 2425 Lincoln Highway East in Lancaster. Thomas the Tank Engine at Strasburg Railroad is back. Um, <laughs> I kind of have to chuckle uh, about Thomas. I'll, I'll share that after I get the events done so I don't drive my production team insane. But I'll share a little, little joke about Thomas the Tank Engine. Uh, but in all reality, Thomas is back. My sons loved it. Um, we have a Thomas the Tank tra- table here that kids can play with. So he's at Strasburg Railroad from June 18th to the 21st, and then later in the summer, early fall, September 16th to 20th, Thomas and his friends roll into town with the party train tour. The family can hop on board a real steam train ride, grab a party pass, pick up favors along the way. The train's a full 45 minutes, and we'll travel the full length of their line to Paradise. Tickets are $23 for ages two and up. You visit the StrasburgRailroad.com for more info, and they are located at 301 Gap Road in Ronks, PA. So the little bit of tomfoolery around uh, Thomas. So if you're familiar with peopleoflancaster.com, it's a totally satire site. Uh, one of my uh, former employees, great guy, Pete Ruggieri, man about Lancaster. We've had him on our show before, um, really believes in the community. He organizes the Santa Stumble. One of his little moments of tomfoolery was actually really great when he put out that Thomas had entered rehab and couldn't make the Thomas at the railroad um, like five or six years ago. And, you know, it was just one of those things that kind of caught fire. And um, it was kind of hard to believe that people fell for that one, but they did. Uh, Anyway, happy to report Thomas was able to uh, stave off that little bit of fun and and lightheartedness at his expense. But uh, Thomas is definitely back. And that was, that's kind of why I had to chuckle to myself. Anyway, our last event, Pig Roast and live music at the Country Barn. That's right up my alley. Perfect way to treat dad and the family on Father's Day weekend. Um, June 19th, starting at 11. Enjoy a pulled pork meal and live music by local musicians at Barnyard Kingdom at the Country Barn in Lancaster for just $10. You'll get that pulled pork meal. Includes the barbecue pork barbecue sandwich with sauce, fr- fresh cut fries, baked beans, coleslaw, and a drink. Uh, to get a meal, they do welcome walk-ins, but to guarantee that you do get your ticket because it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of people. Um, you want to order online, you can call 717-872-5591 or go to countrybarnmarket.com for more information. And the Country Barn is located at 211 South Donnerville Road here in Lancaster. So that's a mouthful I just gave you. All that info, except for our tomfoolery about Thomas the Tank Engine. Listen, I, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine was a very good show for young kids. My boys loved it. They learned a lot. So uh, at any rate, all the information we just gave you about these events uh, and others, but we've not read on screen, but we've decided to highlight highlight them. All of that's available on the website at LancasterConnects.com. You can find the show notes by clicking on the page for this episode, episode 15. And to get our weekly email, just enter our giveaway at LancasterConnects.com. That will subscribe you to our weekly email update with the show. It gets you in for the gift card giveaways. And it's where you're able to check the box to say you're interested in the Lancaster Connects community, which I'll touch on later. And of course, the show is available as a podcast. So you can find the links again at LancasterConnects.com or just search Lancaster Connects in your favorite podcast platform. And I'll ask again, please like and share the video, leave a comment, tell a friend about the show. We are doing this show because we believe Supporting the community that supports our business is important, and your help taking just a brief few seconds to share, comment on the show, the episode you're watching really helps us out, so we appreciate that greatly. So from the Sleep Better book, my handy-dandy podcast copy all marked up. This one I don't need to read from because I'm living it right now. We'll send you a nice, fresh, clean copy, actually over that shoulder, (laughs) over that shoulder, dang it, the wonders of TV production. We'll mail you a nice fresh copy in the mail. You just go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sleep dash better right there on your screen um, or in the show notes, of course, and we'll send you your own copy. But so the sleep better tip this, t- this time is all about blue light. So the light on the screen that you're watching this on right now uh, really throws off a lot of blue light. And if you're watching that screen late at night, it can really mess with your sleep rhythms. I am, I am working through uh, testing my favorite blue light blocking glasses. And those glasses do wonders for my sleep. It's amazing. Uh, just the first night I tried them, how much better I slept. 
my sons, um, you know, obviously they're into video games and computers, and one of them's really into video editing. Uh, they love to do the gaming. They do the record yourself on YouTube thing with, they've, they've since decked their rooms out with led lights. And the only rule is they got to have them off at night because these things kind of strobe and pulse and change color really messes with your mind when you're trying to sleep. Our body is very much tuned into circadian rhythms and light is a big part of that. So you really need to watch the amount of light that you're taking in, uh, before you go to bed. If you can get rid of a screen an hour or two before you go to bed, that's the most ideal thing, but you know, that's difficult in today's world. So if you can wear those blue light blocking glasses, that's great. And if your children have the rooms all LED program light lit up, put some constraints on them and time those out for overnight. That will really help you sleep better. That's this segment. So if you want more of that, just get the book, gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sleep better. Whole book chock full of great tips. So that'll help you sleep better. The other thing we'd like to help you do is, you know, save a little money on your investment in a new mattress. So we always have double deals going on. These are discounts you get to pick. Um, you know, listen, we're not the kind of store that, you know, fiddles around price cards every week for a sale we make up that has no teeth. That's really just the same sale last week that ends tomorrow. Sound familiar? Yeah. When you come in, you're going to pick your discount. You're going to maximize your savings because listen, every customer coming in the store is a little different. You know, some people just need a mattress because it's on a platform bed or a nice uh, captain's bed that doesn't need a box spring foundation. Other folks need an adjustable bed-based sleep system. Some folks just need a guest bed. Some folks need delivery. Others have a truck they can pick it up with. Um, Double Deals is about maximizing your savings to your situation so you get the best deal possible for you. Not us telling you what the deal is, okay? So Double Deals, really great. Uh, You can learn more about that. You go to gardenersmattressandmore.com forward slash sales and uh, you'll get all the details on Double Deals. And whenever our vendors have events uh, that save us money, we pass on that money to you as well. And you still get the Double Deals. Okay, because if we're going to save money from our vendors, we'll, we'll give you that discount too. So really, it's like double deals plus another deal. All right, so that's our little crass, brief promotional part of the show. Gardenersmattressmore.com forward slash sales. All right, so earlier today, uh, in the recording stages of this episode 15, I had the opportunity to talk with uh, Jonina Terzi from Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. So here is a little... Well, not a little recap. Here's the whole conversation. Happy to have had it with Jonina from Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. All right. Well, I am very happy to be joined by Jonina Terzi from Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. Uh, Welcome, Jonina, to the show. Glad to have you on. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, you know, we feature uh, animal rescues quite often. Uh, We always try to have a pet of the week. Uh, Episode six, we actually had Michelle. Uh, Mancini from the Lancaster Wolf Sanctuary. So that was very cool. We actually got the the the, the wolves to howl live on the show, um, you know. But the reality is, many people haven't heard of a sanctuary for for farm animals. So why do the farm animals need a sanctuary? Well, I hadn't heard of one either until a few years ago. So I can relate. Um, so there are uh, farm animals in need of a forever home. Maybe they were born with a birth defect, um, or maybe they were found on the side of the road. Sometimes they're uh, where you don't expect them to be. And if someone finds them, of course, they want to find a safe space for them. So we are so happy that we went and visited a farm sanctuary. Uh, It was in like the Hudson Valley of, of New York State. And we were, my partner and I were standing at another farm sanctuary being from Lancaster County, we said, wow, wouldn't it be cool if, if Lancaster had one of these too? Yeah. So we had briefly there some, some of your oh, uh, friends on the film. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe we'll, we'll get them back up, but. Um, yeah, they're cuter than so me. Saw, <laughs> <laughs> so you saw the, uh, you saw the need. Um, Mm-hmm. And what I love about what you just shared is like, you know, I'm a big believer in be the change you want to see in the world. Right. So very cool mm-hmm. that you kind of brought that back here um, to Lancaster is what, is what I'm understanding from you. Yes. Yeah. So just a place where animals can live uh, their lives out. So once an animal comes to a farm sanctuary, 
they just usually get to stay there or some sanctuaries do a, a grand adoption process where they might take animals in, but then they're looking for other forever homes. But um, our current mode of operation is to just take in those that we ourselves will be keeping. And so we just try to support them through their whole lifespan. They're, uh, we don't breed. That's one of our um, strong fundamental kind of pra- uh, tenets of our practice is that they would be spayed or neutered. I guess that's the cat term. Um, they would be uh, fixed so that they are not going to be breeding and are just individuals living out the rest of their lives. And uh, it's so cool, as you're seeing, I love these videos, to get to see them interact with each other, interspecies friendships can form, and they just are um, basically in like a, a, what feels to me like a real happy place. Hopefully we can keep everyone healthy and happy is our goal. And I mean, that's really cool. I'm watching the videos as you're talking. So um, it's just really neat. My wife loves when like goats hop around. She thinks it's so cute. And, you know, oh, she's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I do too. But um, at, any, at any rate, so you started the movement, uh, the farm sanctuary movement right here in town. And uh, it was a sheep called Hilda. Is that right? Oh, well, let me backtrack that. Sorry, we were talking. Um, the movement started, I guess it was the early 80s. I want to say 82. It was a man named Gene okay. Bauer who rescued Hilda. I was born that year, so it wasn't me. But um, <laughs> he rescued Hilda from the Lancaster Stockyards. He was there doing um, a really pioneering form of activism uh, with a wonderful Lancastrian named Keith Mueller. Everyone in the animal movement in Lancaster uh, of a certain age knows Keith. So Keith and Gene were there Um Jean saw Hilda on a kill pile. She was sort of unable to stand, very sick. She was in a bad way. So he negotiated her surrender. You know, he just uh, said, since you're not going to use her, she's not saleable today. Could I take her and give her, um, try to give her a chance to live? And luckily they said yes. So Hilda was, um, that's Jean. Jean took Hilda from Lancaster to, I think he was living in like Chester County or maybe Northern Delaware at the time. But so he essentially took an animal from Lancaster to sort of start what is known as the farm sanctuary movement. He called his place, as you can see there, farm sanctuary. And I always like to point out people had been rescuing animals prior to that. Um, If you've ever adopted a cat or a dog from a, from a rescue, you know, you yourself have become their sanctuary. So it certainly didn't birth the, the notion of humans caring for animals in need. Just this term farm sanctuary as like a, an entity, as a nonprofit organization sort of started with Hilda, who you see there, who lived many lives. She regained full health. I'm sorry, many years. Her life went on for many years. Um, she was robust and jubilant with just some basic medical care. And I love uh, seeing some of the pictures of the life, her second half of life, you know, where she got to come to sanctuary with Jean. That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was actually born in Canada, moved here when I was 10. So growing up on a farm was, I mean, that's what I grew up on. It was pretty neat. So it's kind of like my yeah. childhood here seeing these uh, farm animals. Um, so yeah. the, the present farm that you have, um, what kind of animals do you have there? We have a lot. I tend to forget a species when I list them, but let's see. We have cows, horses, sheep, goats, alpacas. Uh, we have chickens, uh, the two main types, those that are rescued from uh, egg production and those that are rescued. That's Barb. She's one of the Cornish eh, cross birds who have become very, very, very commonly in need. Um, from uh, uh, meat production. And then there's turkeys and ducks. So yes, that's it. I think I got them all. (laughs) Oh, we've got a lot of feral kitties here too that were on the farm when we moved here. So we, well, we are grateful they let us move in. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you you obviously listed off a, a pretty long list there of different types of animals. Can you share a couple stories about how maybe a horse or a goat or something came to be? And, you know, what, what are their stories? Sure. Well, let's see. On your screen right there, you're seeing Jude the cow, and that's Meg, a baby goat. Oh, there's another cow named Moki. Um, let's talk about Jude. So he's the black and white Holstein you see, uh, you saw briefly there. So Jude 
we were contacted when he was about three days old. Someone emailed us about a, a boy uh, calf who was born at a dairy. There's Jude again. Jude was born with a cleft lip. Um, so he was drinking milk without aspirating, but his lips are kind of curled to the side a little bit. So he wasn't probably going to gain weight as quickly. He had a little more trouble eating. Um, so the farmer said, because of his cleft, that he was willing to surrender him to sanctuary. Uh, the woman who contacted us, we've worked with her several times. She really, uh, she works at this dairy um, and has really, uh, in, she's at a stage in her life where she tries to help animals as much as she can now. She's really had sort of a, a couple of years now of really seeing um, some things that she wishes were different. So she, instead of, you know, the the man came to collect the, the boy cows from the dairy that week, usually they're sent to, to be used for veal um, or another meat process. But because Jude was going to be a slow grower, you know, or maybe have a, a drinking problem, uh, you know, <laughs> milk, milk drinking problem, the, 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 uh, Veal farmer said, well, I'll take him, but I'm just going to discard him. I think he, the words he used were, I'll put him on my compost pile. So our friend said, uh, nope, uh, let me see if I can find him a home. So she contacted us. He was just a few days old. We went and got him the next morning. So as soon as we picked him up, we realized that the cleft lip was just a small part of his health concerns. He actually was riddled with diseases. This the, the place where he had been, even for a few days, was exceptionally dirty. And the, the vet team that worked with Jude said, you know, his mom might have been sick because he was so, so sick. He had um, cryptosporidium. He had uh, what's something called bovine coronavirus, which has been around for over 100 years. And it was, in fact, uh, an infectious disease to humans a long time ago. Anyway, he had something called mycoplasma, which is a very serious infection. So he had to go to the hospital for the infections. They did a lot of tests and realized that his lips were not going to be a problem. He had a slight upper palate twist, but not an aspiration risk. So Jude did not need corrective surgery for his face, but he needed surgery to remove infection out of his body. He had multiple bones that were infected um, from the illnesses. So Jude was in the hospital a lot. He um, was there for, I think it was like four out of the first five months of his life. Like he came to us, but he was not thriving because of these infections and had to go back in and have the surgeries. So happy ending for Jude's story. Uh, once they got those last pieces of infected bone out, he has been doing great. He's been gaining weight. He's been eating just wonderfully. Like again, the lip hasn't been a problem for him. He's chomping on grass all day. He did need a lot of medical care. And of course, you know, most um, uh, operations where he would have, you know, in terms of his value as a product for veal, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have made any financial sense. But as someone who's now going to live along and really he's doing so well, he's like super healthy. So his, his future is bright and he just needed some extra care in the beginning. And we're so lucky people from all over the world, there he is again, when they saw him, and there's something about his eyes, I think. You can just see uh, the, the sensitivity in him. So people all over the world chipped in, and we got him the care he needed, and he's doing so great today. That's just really a neat story. Um, yeah. You, know, you treat farm animals the way other people treat their pets, and that's very nice because really every life does count. Um, you know, I, I, what I just shared there, I mean, I'm, I'm living it right now. We have a rescue dog who came to us. She has tremendous issues with her one front leg, uh, but she's an English bulldog. She's like 11 years old. Her same side back leg is arthritic. So it's not an easy decision for us on how to care for her uh, and and what to do. But, you know, we're trying to give her just the best time that she has left. Uh, But we have to, we unfortunately have to make a decision here soon for her. But uh, I'm glad that you're there and you sit around the world. People came to help out. Yeah. Um, it's true. You know, I, I know you've got another great story about, um, one of your other cows going viral, but real quick before we get there. So, so you, you put an appeal out for Jude and what happened? Yeah. Um, so when we 
you know, our main method of communicating about the residents or the incoming residents is social media. So I know it's it's a kind of a, one of those things that either love it or hate it or sometimes both. But if we if we post a picture of someone, we have this network of people that follow us and see our posts and sometimes it's $1. People will just chip in when they can or sometimes it's a larger donation. Um, but people from all over the world see sanctuary animals and sanctuaries and chip in donate money or you know we have a an event coming up and artists are donating a painting or a piece of pottery for a, an auction to raise money so there's just ways that humans are kind of connecting and working together to fund the care of these beings i i think that's so beautiful what you said that um like like you would care for a pet you would ask yourself about quality of life and try to make those very difficult decisions. But um, we're so lucky. Uh, people want to support us in giving them a chance. It's I like to think that it's using technology and using human connections and communities for such a great good that we could come together uh, in service of others. I think that's beautiful. And that's what you and your family are doing for your dog. And I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, we've always... Um... We have a third crate at the house. The third crate is for a foster or a, a need for a like an emergency rescue or a, you know, a foster might have gotten into a home that tested out good, but really just isn't a fit. Uh, after a week, you know, it just is becoming more and more of a problem. Um, you know, so those that that third crate is kind of reserved in, in rotation, if you will. Um, yeah, it's so a dog sanctuary. Do. It's part of it part of a dog sanctuary. You're doing it, Jeff. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we've shared here on the show and I'll say it again, and you know this, I mean, when you're able to you know, rescue an animal, whether it's a dog, a cow, a goat, you're really kind of worth rescuing too, because you're giving an opportunity for that next animal to have some time as opposed to the other sad stuff that happens uh, it, more immediately, right? Like if if a farmer has animals that have issues stacked up, it's going to be a very quick and you know, life-ending decision for that farmer pretty easily. But if there's a moment for pause where you know there was a positive interaction the last week with you and your network where mm-hmm. they realize, hey, you know, well, maybe this doesn't have to end up on the compost pile. You know, if, there, mm-hmm. if there's at least that moment for pause, um, then that's a good thing. So I urge... Everybody listening, like if you're if you're into animal rescue of any kind, and you have the room in your home, uh, if you don't have the room in your home and you have the budget to give, do so. If you don't have that and you have time, um, all of you know groups like yourself. I, I'm sure we, we can touch on it here momentarily. I'm sure you would welcome some folks coming around to help out on the farm, to clean up, to work on fences, to to do the do the stuff that's hard to affect the good work you do at the sanctuary overall. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that, but I'm, I'm dying to know about, cause I, I like Reddit. I use Reddit for a lot of different sub forums that I yeah. check out and participate on. Um, but, uh, so you had a cow that went viral on Reddit. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, there she is. So true heart is the cow you see there. <laughs> you're so, and guys, um, you're doing we so had, good. Look at that. Nice. Look at your heart. I just thought that was so cute. When I saw that happening, I kind of uh, couldn't, I lost my words for a minute there. Um, so we had some <laughs> yeah, volunteers come over to, get her warmed up. to help us weed those uh, the, uh, young human uh, boys that you see there. Their moms actually were standing behind me. We were all weeding the cow pasture, trying to get out some of the uh, plant species that the cows didn't like. So they came over for a day of chores to help out. And it kind of broke out into way more fun playing with the ball. So uh, Trueheart is sort of the grandmama of her whole herd. Uh, she is in Jude's herd, the cow we were just talking about. And in her herd, there's her daughter, a cow. And then there's all these adopted kids, like other cows that were rescued from dairies that don't have their moms, um, other sheep and goats. She's in with the alpaca herd as well. So she has a multi-species family for sure and she is the eldest and she is clearly the matriarch she is just so um concerned with everybody's well-being you know right now there's a little tiny baby goat in her herd who 
is still sort of uh, separate. She's in a pen. So even though she's in her barn and in her pasture, she doesn't get to just be free out and about with the others. Well, True will basically always be listening for that baby and just trying to hear what's going on at night when she's not out with the others. She's very protective and watchful. And, uh, but she also likes to play, as you can see. So she's just like, yeah, you know, she's one of my great. favorite people. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. And the, look how nice everyone was sharing a turn. It was just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Um, so, uh, you know, in and around Lancaster and all around the country, really, uh, our population is growing, right? We're more people, um, more pressure on the food supply chain. So as the food supply becomes a growing topic of conversation, um, what do you think the future is for farm sanctuaries and the, and the animals that come to you and their treatment? That is a great question. Um, I think from... If, if the human population continues growth the way it's going, I think we will be forced to um, radically change our food supply system. I think already we've seen that. Um, I think, uh, let me tell you what I wish would happen. And then uh, you can um, stop me if that's not, if I'm dodging the answer to a question. But I wish that more people would consider plant-based proteins and um, a, a sort of, I like the term vegan permaculture. So it's not just growing tons of modified soy to make, you know, plastic, bur you know, plastic wrapped burgers on a mass level. That's not really my dream for the food system. I like the idea of um, polycrops and a very uh, like organic, Permaculture, the principles of permaculture, meaning that you appreciate many species in how you grow food, including the regeneration of the soil itself. So most many people say, well, you can't have, you can't grow food without animals. And of course, they'd still exist. Maybe there'd be like a rewilded space on a massive 150 plus acre farm, which we see a lot of those still here in Lancaster. But currently we have genetically modified crops on 130 of the acres that are used to create feed to feed the animals killed for food. So instead, some I've heard reports scientifically that it would be like almost 80%, 75% or so of the land used to grow food could be rewilded and wouldn't even be needed. We could grow the plant protein necessary with a fraction of the acreage. So maybe you'd have more... Uh, you'd have cows living in and among trees and they would be, I don't know, I can't quite wrap my head around the breeding. Like, should they be, um, should the population be controlled? I don't know. But I think you'd see like a sanctuary plus a vegan permaculture form as an ideal. Will that be possible everywhere? No. Will we still need, you know, large monocrop fields for the mass production of food to be shipped somewhere. I, I suppose that might be part of our distribution woes, but I love that idea of thinking globally and acting very locally. And I think communities built and, um, or I should say, organized around the farmers who are growing food with as high of a standard of ethics as possible with respect to all the sentient beings. So the cows, the birds, the bees, and then of course the, the, the soil, the regeneration of the soil through compost and cover crops and different um, not animal <laughs> derived products to regenerate the soil. That's, that's possible. It is being done. There are models of that already. There's a huge model of that in Germany, one in Denmark. Um, I've heard of models in um, uh, the States. Just it's, it's already being pushed elsewhere this biocyclic sort of closed loop system of growing food where animals are on sanctuary, food is grown uh, very organically and with a diverse appreciation for life around it. And humans would organize around it and support the farmers. I think farmers are the answer to the future we need. Well, I mean, a lot there that you sit, share, <laughs> a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, I, what I would say is, um, you know, and I'm, you know, I'll touch on this. I'm somebody who enjoys a nice steak, right? Mm -hmm. um, yet I'm also eco-conscious 
you know, you, you say globally, locally, um, you know, are, I'm, I'm proud of this fact. Uh, we take to the landfill maybe two of our box trucks worth of mattresses a year. Okay, now that's an 18-foot box truck. We fill a 53-foot trailer about every 10, 12 business days of mattresses. Those mattresses get recycled, upcycled, not worth the time to go into, but they don't go to landfill. Pallets, we recycle. Um, so I believe, like, when you're talking about locally, we all have the power to do things like that. We know the food supply chain gets stressed. Um, I mean, there were, you know, if you were paying attention closely last week, there was a hack in the logistics channel for institutional supply of the food chain. And you saw a momentary issue flip on the radar late last week. So it's fragile. Um, and when you're talking about globally, I think that's always part of the conversation, but we can always do things to affect ourselves locally. I have friends that are getting into gardening and, and you know, they asked some questions of me because they knew my history. I'm like, yeah, you can't just go to a patch of grass and expect to plant a garden right, right away. There's, there's a lot to consider in the, in the quality of the soil and the way things grow. Um, yeah. so, and there's so many new terms for it, but it's, it's what my grandparents taught us is just to compost, you know, the food you're eating, there's going to be scraps there that contain, I guess it's nitrogen. I'm, I'm not sure of all of my, you know, there's going to be a way to help sequester, um, carbon in that soil or to bring uh, nitrogen and other uh, life-giving properties back to the microbes in that soil in the food we're eating. So there's just so many ways that we could close the loop, as they say, and uh, recycle back into the ecosystem that we live yeah. in. Um, so, yeah. So it's, you know, it's a big conversation and we have, we have our 30 minutes together. Um, yeah. So, you know, I always believe doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Well, that's just silly. So we have, a, we have another barbecue weekend coming up. Um, why should someone think twice about putting steaks on the grill for, uh, on July 4th weekend? Well, what I have found, Jeff, is that it doesn't uh, go as well. You know, if a person focuses on the ethics of the food they're eating, there's lots of ways in. You can focus on it from the human health perspective, and we could talk at length about that. There's tons of documentaries and books um, supporting a plant-based whole foods diet and why, um, uh, you know, eating protein-derived from the, you know, the protein in the animal flesh was derived from plants and that you're healthier and have less saturated fat by eating from a health perspective, the plants. Um, we could talk about the environment. So even in an optimal, you know, very rare, um, I think it's 99% of the animals consumed in the United States come from factory farms. So they're not grass-fed cows. But here in Lancaster, you see some farms with grass-fed cows, but even in that relatively less um, impactful mode of raising them to kill them, you're still more impactful, negatively impactful on the environment than if you just ate the plants. So the environment, the health. Um, but the reason I would encourage you to consider um, some veggie burger instead, or you have like tofu kebabs, they're delicious. You can put all kinds of yummy seasonings on that tofu. Um, is for the, the sentient being whose life uh, your choice impacts. So um, the, if you do spend time around a cow, then you might realize that they are playful and they are individuals and they form friendships and bonds and that they have every much as strong of a will to live as the pets in your home or as you yourself. And so if we don't have to kill them, then maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> and if you uh, just like ask that question, like, uh, what are the victims? Who's impacted by my food choices? I think that leads us to different menus a lot of the times. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot to think about there for sure. And and I yeah. like the way you answered the question. There's a lot of ways in. Um, yes. You know, there's a lot a lot of ways to to think about it. Um, so very very cool to to think about it that way. I really appreciate that answer. Um, so we're going to wrap up here momentarily about how audience can support you, um, contact you with you on social media. But one last thing you do, you do goat yoga. Is that right? <laughs> well, we you're, call you're it sanctuary goat. yoga. Yeah. But goats okay. are there. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, so fun. We just, goats are present. We've also had 
sheep present and chickens and turkeys, uh, cows. I'm a little scared to have cows come in because they could accidentally step on your foot and that could hurt. But um, yoga with the sanctuary farm animals. Yeah. <laughs> I, me too. Um, yeah. So it's so fun. We just had one this weekend. And uh, they. you can check out how when the yoga teachers are so fabulous when this weekend was Sonia speaking and you could see the goat who was present she just kind of like stopped and she noticed that the humans were using their voice differently they were moving differently when humans start to breathe differently actually um we did this certain yoga breath and the horses came running over like what are you doing we were going like ah, like this powerful breath and the horses came over like what the heck is going on so i think everybody enjoyed it the humans and the animals alike it was so much fun Horses thought they were about to ride out. Circle yeah, up the, they're like, circle up this the posse is not your, go, not go your normal maneuver. Across Lancaster County. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, so we like to do something for the, for the folks that come on our show. Uh, we have a um, donation that we like to make. So let, we'll talk about that in a minute. But apart from donations, which I'm sure you're always welcome, how else can the audience support you? Uh, if you follow us on social media and share our posts, that is so helpful. Um, every time you share, every time you tell someone about the animals that we are, uh, we have rescued, you know, each time the story gets told or each time a new person can um, participate, uh, we can do the most with the resources we have. I mean, we're on 18 acres and my partner and I always say like, we're never going to rescue our way out of the animal abuse problem. There's more animals in need than we could even begin to help. Um, but if if more people start to see them as individuals, then you know the more the story is told, the more our impact can grow uh, in service of them. So sharing that would be just so helpful. Thank you for considering. Yeah, and in folks sharing, I mean, it's not just about like really Facebook wants. I, I read this uh, the love emoji or the love reaction and the care reaction. So. Oh. Those get a lot of power in the algorithm, okay, nice. as opposed to just the like. And like, if you have a sad story, hit the care button. Don't hit the sad button because Facebook, wow. they, they want to create this happy, caring environment, right? So right. Actually, don't we the, all? The algorithm <laughs> is different. Yeah, the algorithm is different on those reactions. So if it's a sadder story, hit the care button, type a comment, share it, and type your own comment. Um, all of those things, sharing really is caring, you know, for businesses like mine, rescues like Jonina's, um, you can really do a lot of impact just with that. And that's that time thing. Again, we talk a lot about giving back to the community. If it can't be money, if it can't be your actual labor, uh, maybe it can be your time and, and through social channels is great. So we have a $125 donation check to give to you. That's part oh, of what we do you. in these shows. And we have groups like yours come on. So uh, we'll be getting that out in the mail to you later today. Uh, to wrap up, because I know so you, you're up against the clock, um, your social media channels, why don't you just kind of shout those out for our listeners? People on video have seen your, your handles, but for our listeners, uh, why don't you give the social media channels? Thank you. Yes, it's our name. It's Lancaster Farm Sanctuary. Uh, that's on Facebook and Instagram. I think we're just kind of holding a place on Twitter doing nothing, <laughs> but, uh, Lancaster farm sanctuary. And, um, we, uh, have a website that would be lancasterfarmsanctuary.org. I think you can do.com and it'll direct you to the .org <laughs> address. So any of those ways to keep in touch, we, uh, appreciate it so much. Hope you join us. Um, and this, we have a beautiful community, like you said, all around the world, people are, saying, hey, Jude, sending you love from Australia today, love from uh, all over. So just really appreciate our community and join us. I'm going to put the challenge out to the listeners of the show to help Farm Sanctuary out with Twitter. If you're like one of these people that love Twitter, um, <laughs> I think for the Farm Sanctuary, it would be very cool if Jude, if... Um, Oh, the, 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 the leader herd cow, I forget. What was her name again? Think True Heart. True Heart. I True wanted to heart. say Think Heart. But what that, would the, True Heart tweet? True that heart, is a great question. <laughs> if True Heart had an account and then there was a, a, a oh chicken God. game hen, Deborah, was it? What was oh, the Barbara, yeah. Barbara. Barbara. Uh, man, if Barbara, Jude, and True Heart had their own accounts and they kind of 
went back and forth at each other and, and, and told about, the, I think that would be awesome. If you've got the time and, and you love Twitter, connect with Jonina and Lancaster Farm Sanctuary, help them out that way. That would be a lot of fun. Farm Sanctuary, You're right. Thank Sanctuary you. Animal, Twitter Wars. That would be just really great. See who can get the most likes yeah. and the most response. That'd be awesome. Jonina, it was a pleasure. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. My pleasure. Us. Thank you so much. All right. Well, it's not a Lancaster Connects episode if we're not talking about food trucks. So this is our food truck alert, and it's not food truck alert if we don't have the bell. So this one, we've got some great ones for Father's Day weekend. First one is being held at Iron, Iron Valley Harley-Davidson. It's a, a great Father's Day activity. It's a Saturday, June 19th. Uh, they'll have their food trucks tr- food trucks there. Uh, the one we know about for sure is Island Time Grill. They'll be there for sure from 11 to 2. Many others are joining them. Uh, Island Time will be having their Caribbean cuisine. And we've been told there'll be other food trucks there too. See, food trucks, if you let us know you're coming, and play nice with our production team and get us all the info to highlight you, we'll get you on the show. Island Time did, and Island Time will be there. So, Iron Valley HD is located at 3091 Lebanon Road, Manheim, PA. Website, ironvalleyh-d.com. And you can check out all the other events they have, along with all the other details for this one on the calendar. And give Island Time Grill a follow on Facebook. They're at Island Time Grill Truck, and time is spelled T-H-Y. M-E, like the spice in your food. All right, so that's that one for Father's Day weekend. Motorcycles, food trucks, sounds like I got to be there. Just got to figure out how to strap the family to the motorcycle because there's only one seat and we're four. We'll figure it out. Another food truck on Saturday as well. So you could do that first one in the afternoon and you can do this one later afternoon into the evening. Saturday the 19th, party on the plaza from 4.30 to 8. You'll get live music, food, adult drinks, shopping at Party on the Plaza event. There's food trucks, food stands are the mainstay of the event. And on the 19th, they're featuring a great assortment of things to eat from ribs, ethnic cuisine, gourmet grilled cheese, hot dogs, french fries, and so much more. Food trucks that we know will be there. Uh, Isabella Cuisine, Radish Food Truck, The Press Plate, Three Sisters Park, I Love Pralines, which is ice cream, uh, alcohol-wise. Weathered Vineyards, Poor Man's Brewing, American Legion, Cloister, Post 429. Music, Classic Rock Folk Band, Two Pints Shy. Tons of shopping on hand, too. Sounds like a great event. You can get more details, whistlestoppartyontheplaza.com, and that's going to be held at 16 East Main Street in Ephrata. Again, folks, if you're signed up on our LancasterConnects.com site, sign up. You get all these alerts. You get the show notes. Easy to click. You don't have to like banging on your keyboard. What the heck did he say? Just click the link. We'll send it right to you. We make it really easy because we want to give back to the community. All right. Third food truck, scoop of dough. Hungry for some edible cookie dough, hand-dipped ice cream and milkshakes. Both, both of the scoop of dough trucks will be busy this upcoming week. And we have some dates, locations for you. You can see where they'll be in their menu on Facebook at scoop o dough. June 15th to 19th from six to 10. They will be at the Morgantown Carnival. 6289 Morgantown Road in Morgantown, PA. Free admission there. June 17th, you can also find them at 200 Hazel Court in Lebanon, PA at the Meadows at Southfield. I got to get on this tip where you have food trucks come up to your neighborhood. I got to figure out how people are doing that because I live in a nice neighborhood with a lot of people. I have to figure this out. So June 17th, 200 Hazel Court in Lebanon. Uh, the Meadows of Southfield neighborhood. And then Friday the 18th at 11, Scoop of Dough will be located at the Spring at Berries Food Truck Friday, 1501 Mount Zion Road in York. Get all the details from them on Facebook at Scoop O'Dough. You will get, um, get all the details there on what they are up to and where they're going. So listen, food truck folks, I mean, we, we want to help you. We want to help our community as many ways as possible. Uh, even, you know, even restaurants having fun events, you can let us know too. I mean, if it's a good event for the community, we'll highlight it. Um, so our viewers want to know where our food trucks are each week. And if you own one, we want to hear from you. So we'll tell our viewers where you'll be uh, so that they can find you, support you. Just fill out the contact form at LancasterConnects.com. Uh, there's a comment box. Tell us where you'll be, when you'll be there, what's great about your food. Tell us about your food so that we can have people eager, hungry, you know, uh, ready to get it and come see you. 
And that's all at LancasterConnects.com. Just fill out the form. And food truck owners, restaurant owners, event people that we highlight your events. Don't forget, you can like and share this video too. Everybody can. Sharing's caring. Leave a comment. Tell a friend about this show. We would love it. Folks, the show is all about helping the community that supports our business. So if you take that time, give us a love reaction, type a comment, tag a friend. That just helps our community out that much better. Uh, This show is also not just available online, but it's available as a podcast. And you can find all of those links at LancasterConnects.com. Also earlier today, I had the chance to speak with Adam Zorn. He's got a tremendous history nugget about Devil Dave Miller, the colorful sheriff of Lancaster County. Adam's also unique in his own right. He's the owner of Uncharted Lancaster and on the board of the Historic Preservation Trust of Lancaster County. So here's Adam with our history nugget this week. All right. Well, right now I'm proud to have Adam Zern from Uncharted Lancaster uh, join us on the show with his He's got a great local history nugget for us this week. Adam, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you being here. Well, thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. I appreciate the invitation uh, to come and talk to you. So got a great story involving some awesome history here in Lancaster County. And today's story is going to center around Devil Dave Miller. And he was the eccentric sheriff of Lancaster County in the early 1830s, ran on the anti-Mason uh, political ticket, which basically was a single issue party, and that was to get rid of the Masons. Uh, so they didn't last real long as a party, but that's what he ran on. Uh, Miller is a native son of the town of Lampeter at the time called Lampeter Square. A lot of people think Lampeter is named after a town in Wales, but there's another story that says it's actually named after a handicapped tavern owner by the name of Peter. And so people would say, Uh, And they affectionately called him Lame Peter. I don't know how politically correct that is today, but they would say, hey, let's go down and see Lame Peter and we'll get uh, a beer. Let's go down and see Lame Peter and we'll get something to eat. And eventually the the name just kind of became Lame Peter. So that's uh, a little little tidbit there and where uh, uh, Devil Dave Miller comes from. But uh, Dave's got two great stories. One was from 1834, serving again as Lancaster County Sheriff. And he was trying to get to the courthouse in time to return a bench warrant. So imagine just riding up King Street on his horse, up the stairs of the courthouse, down the courthouse uh, courthouse aisle to present that um, bench warrant to Judge Lewis before you know court was was over. So definitely a you know an interesting character, but uh, you know a lot of people you know really liked him. But his big story was the following year in 1835. Again, still serving as the sheriff of Lancaster County. And that's when he helped three of his prisoners escape from the county jail. Uh, At the time, the county jail was where the Fulton Theater was. And if you go behind the building on Water Street, you can still see uh, some of the original stonework. This would sort of be the view uh, if you were on King Street, sort of standing right there at the corner, right by the uh, the barbershop, kind of look at the Fulton. That's what the the court of the jail would have looked like at the time. Um, But uh, three black slaves had been captured by bounty hunters and were waiting for, you know, transport back to the Carolinas. Uh, You know, Miller didn't make a big deal of it then, but he was a staunch abolitionist. And one night before uh, transport was arranged, he walked into the prison, unlocked the door that held the uh, the three uh, captured slaves and walked on out. And and the two women and one of their sons was able to uh, escape covering for Miller. The one woman said that she had used a butter knife to kind of pick the lock and was was able to escape uh, for that reason. And it wasn't until years later, uh, I'm not sure when, but my guess is probably after the uh, Civil War, he admitted his part in the plot there to, to helping three, three of his prisoners escape. But I, I think it's a great story of, you know, people doing the right thing, you know, in this case, even when it's, you know, against the law, uh, just to, you know, help people get free, get on the Underground Railroad, and continue north to uh, to Canada to to live in freedom. Which I, you know, great story happened right here in Lancaster. That's very interesting. Um, very interesting story. Uh, do we know anything about the freed uh, the the two? You said it was two women, and the, and one of them had a son. With and one them. of their sons, yes. Yeah, so they were in the Lancaster area, and they'd been captured by these bounty hunters. 
Uh, and at the time, you know, again, this is, you know, not that long before the Civil War. Um, while Pennsylvania didn't, you know, uh, have slavery, the, the laws of the time allowed bounty hunters to come in and, and capture them. And then, you know, they would you would how to provide sort of you know legal services to get them back to these to these slave states and people like uh, Miller worked hard to you know get these people you know, north to Canada and free or just not be caught. But as to where they ended up or anything more than what I told you that one of those kind of lost to the mists of time, uh, you know their right. exact details and, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Do we have? Um, I mean, that's that's a great great little nugget. Any other? little ones to go along with devil Dave. I mean, that's a pretty wild uh, nickname there. So. <laughs> yeah. I, he, you know, do, he we was know a, what, do we know what he did to earn that name? Um, so he, he's, uh, he owned a hotel. So I don't know if he did a lot of, uh, in tavern himself there. So I don't know if he did a lot of, you know, breaking up bar fights or, or anything like that. <laughs> uh, but again, it's interesting in the history, you know, you'll read like the, the, you know, histories of Lanc- annals of Lancaster County from the 1880s and, and uh, the details there can be a little sparse on, you know, exactly what people did to, to earn these names, just that, you know, he was this, you know, wild and character, but a lot of people seem to like him, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure he made some friends helping the, the escaped slaves, you know, break out of jail. I'm sure if people, if the wrong people found out that would have earned him a lot of enemies, though, as well at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's really um a great history nugget for this week. Uh, really appreciate you uh, sharing uh, with us. So um, there we go, right on the screen, right on time. I was going to ask, and for our listeners, why don't you tell them how they can get more of your uh, your history uh, prowess and excitement? Uh, how can they connect with you? Sure. They can find me on the, on the internet, obviously, at unchartedlancaster.com. I'm, I'm on social media and and I basically like to do two things. One, I uh, just highlight, you know, interesting pieces of Lancaster County history, sometimes more in the unknown category. And then often as an incentive to go and visit some of the places I'm talking about, I've created like these little self-guided adventures that people can go on. And, you know, you learn some history, you find a little bit of treasure at the end and you get to ride off into the sunset, you know, whistling the theme from Raiders of the Lost Ark. So, you know, it's, it's win-win for everybody. Nice. Love it. Love it. Well, Adam, thanks so much for joining us. If, if you're listening, if you're looking for something fun to do, it looks like uh, Adam might have a little tour for you on a Saturday afternoon to check out. So make sure you go to Uncharted Lancaster, learn all the great details about that and what Adam's up to and, and some of the unknown history that we have right here in our own backyard. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Hey, thanks, Jeff. I'll talk to you later. All right. Well, thank you, Adam, for uh, giving us time there uh, out of your day to share that amazing colorful and very insightful uh, little piece of history here in Lancaster County. Um, Maybe I'll figure out how Devil Dave got his name exactly. But our pet of the week this week, Chaco. Charlie's, and Chaco is from Charlie's Crusaders Pet Rescue. All right. Uh, So Chaco, there we go. Uh, He's a cute one. (laughs) Uh, You know, our producers were talking about the fact that, uh, you know, we always seem to have pit bulls, and really the proper name is Staffordshire Terrier, American Staffordshire Terrier. That's what Chaco is. Um, pit bull is an overarching, you know, more genericized term. Um, folks, I, I have two of these dogs. They are some of the most loving dogs that you can have. Um, I, I would challenge you to think about it this way. If all the other dogs are so amazing and so great, why are there breed-specific rescues like uh uh, lab rescues, uh, golden retriever rescues, chihuahua rescues, Bichon rescues. You know, there are rescues that are breed specific. Um, by nature, because of the sheer amount of them, unfortunately, broader animal rescues are more pit bull specific because they're unfortunately so misunderstood. They're so left behind. They're so abused. They're so used. Um, it's all in the animal upbringing. And Chaco looks like he could be a really great dog. So, a little bit about Chaco, estimated to be around two years old. He's a mix, uh, as most are. Current Foster says he was found on the streets of Memphis, and no one wanted to claim him. Uh, he's a very sweet, potty-trained boy, has lots of energy, wants to please. Currently learning not to jump when he gets excited. Uh, he's very good in the house, loves tennis balls. Uh, at night, he can sleep in the crate or in the bed with you. Uh, loves to snuggle. Chaco is neutered and heartworm positive, but don't let that scare you. 
the rescue is paying for his treatment. That's the other thing that's wonderful about these rescues. Every rescue that I've known about, and by the way, you can learn more uh, about how to adopt Chaco uh, on Charlie's Crusaders website at charliescrusaders.org. And I'm sure when you go there, I mean, listen, you're, first of all, you're going to a rescue with a website. That's not free. Um, I'm sure you're going to find well-organized, up-to-date information. That's not free. Um, these rescues are so into the success of the animals that they, that they bring in. This one came to Lancaster via Memphis. So, you know, this, these folks care about these animals. When we highlight that Chaco's heartworm positive, this is an animal that's been fully vetted. Uh, unfortunately, we have Lancaster County's puppy mill capital, and, and we're going to be highlighting that in upcoming weeks. And, um, you know, you don't know exactly what you're getting from some of these breeders, if you know at all. Uh, at least with an animal rescue, the dogs have been fully vetted, um, meaning they've gone to a veterinary uh, a, a vet and they've been seen and they're under medical care. And more often than not, uh, whatever is known at the moment in time, the rescue is going to take care of with you as you adopt that dog. So Charlie's Crusaders, great rescue. Chaco looks like a great pup could be your friend. Please give them a chance. All right. Uh, so if you've got a worthwhile cause that can make excellent use of our members uh, who watch the show and have chosen to be members of the Lancaster community volunteering their time, that's what Lancaster Connects is all about. Or, I'm sorry, our Lancaster Connects community is all about. Because if you've got a good cause that needs volunteers or you want to donate your time to help out in the community, well, we need to hear from both of you. Uh, we need folks that need people to help, and we need people that want to help, all right? You can help our community many ways. Some people can do that monetarily because they don't have as much free time. Other people have a lot of free time and can't help so much monetarily. Either way, I am positive. And no, every charity that we've highlighted will take both. And more often, they're more appreciative of the time. So imagine that difference we could make in the Lancaster community if each of us gave an hour of time. Uh, so if you've got that good cause that can use some volunteers, use that time, we'll promote you on the show. We'll promote your events. Just get in touch with us via the form at LancasterConnects.com. All right. Uh, signing up for the Lancaster Connects Army, you go to LancasterConnects.com too. Just check the little box that says Lancaster Connects Community, and we'll let you know about the opportunities to help in our community. And as always, don't forget, like and share the video. I'll say it probably a couple more times in this show yet. Um, like, share the share the show, leave, leave a comment, uh, give us a nice reaction. Uh, tell a friend about the show, tag them. Uh, the more support we have for this show, the bigger and better it gets. All right, so our, I need, that was a mouthful there, so I need a little sip of water. Community events, i uh, got some items for you. So we have the Black Business Expo, come celebrate Juneteenth with the Black Dollar Movement at Rockvale Outlets. Uh, there'll be a live DJ, free wine, tasting, food shopping, live performances, uh, LLC startup information. So if you're into starting up a business, uh, you'll be able to get some information there. That's great. That's very helpful. Uh, home buying seminar, entertainment, free giveaways, a lot going on there. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, June 19th and 20th from 11 to 5. Website shoprockvale.com, 35 South Willowdale Drive, Lancaster, PA, 17602. Uh, listen, I can tell you from personal experience, you know, there's been a lot of news over the recent years about Rockvale. I can tell you from having signed a lease there, we, we no longer have our store there. That's okay. Uh, that was, it was a good evolution for gardeners to focus on our, our one store here where I'm recording. Um, but I will tell you that the current ownership of Rockvale is very much invested in the communities they do business in. Uh, I know that from personal experience. Yes, they have to run a business. Yes, they have to make business decisions. But they can do those two things and give back to the community at the same time. And I know Christy there works hard to create fun events, uh, worthwhile events, additive events for the community. Um, so I know from the surface, you can form own opinions, but I can tell you, having done business with ownership, called them on the cell phone, emailed them, they are invested in our community and that's a good thing. So please go support them. Uh, on uh, Saturday the 19th of their event, okay? That's from 11 to five. Then we've got another way you can volunteer in the community. You can become a volunteer usher at Clipper Stadium. Uh, 
You can volunteer to be that usher in the barn at the Barnstormer Games and earn money for the United Way of Lancaster uh, as a result. So as an usher, you'll show fans to their seats, serve as a friendly face, take in the action of the game, all while volunteering. Each shift is about three hours long, and the Barnstormers donate $20 to the United Way program of your choice uh, for each shift that you sign up to be an usher. So that's a very cool way to give back to the community. You get a little something watching a ball game. It's always great to be at the park. More info about that, LancasterBarnstormers.com. Then we have uh, Domestic Violence Services of Lancaster. They have their annual spring celebration. Uh, They are holding that annual spring celebration Thursday, June 24th at 7 o'clock. Tickets are on sale and sponsorships are available. Uh, They will be virtually welcoming former Pittsburgh Steeler William Gay to Lancaster to discuss how domestic violence has affected his life. During this virtual fundraising event, uh, from survivor to thriver, a celebration of resilience, uh, guests will learn how uh, Mr. Gay's life changed when his mother was shot and killed by her boyfriend as she tried to leave the relationship. At the time of this tragedy, uh, William was only eight years old. So thinking he's got something important to share about this topic, it goes on in our society. Uh, we all need to you know, be able to call it out, talk about it, understand it, understand the signs of it. I'm sure you'll be able to learn more about that at this event. Uh, Tickets are just $25. And more information, you can go to caplank.org, that's C-A-P-L-A-N-C.org, forward slash DVS Gala. So that's caplank.org, forward slash DVS Gala. Tickets are only $25. Be sure to check that out. That's Thursday, June 24th, 7 o'clock. So those were our events for this week. We put some put all those details on our show notes. If they're interested, you can go there, get the link. You go there at LancasterConnects.com. All right. So if you've got a good cause uh, that you that we can promote for you, or you need people to volunteer their time, again, we'll put that word out for your cause uh, on our show. It's all, why this whole show exists, and you get in touch with us via the contact form at LancasterConnects.com. All right. And, you know, if you haven't taken this show in on video, you don't have time to sit there and watch video. You have time in your car when you drive. Guess what? We're available as a podcast. Just search Lancaster Connects in your favorite podcast platform, or you can find all the podcast platforms we're on and the helpful links to get there at LancasterConnects.com. And of course, you can uh, like and share this video, leave a comment on any of the social channels you're watching this on. And we'd love if you tell a friend about this show. So last but not least for this show, we've got our gift card winners. Uh, Congratulations to Oscar Ramirez and Janice Kemp. Uh, They are our gift card winners this week. So congratulations. You can come to the store anytime we're open and pick those up. And uh, if you would like to know how you can get lucky like Oscar and uh, Janice, you go to LancasterConnects.com, filling out the form enters you for your chance to win one of the two local restaurant cards we give away each week. And that's all done at LancasterConnects.com. All right. I, I think I did it. Um, ben would be proud, I'm sure, of me. I, I look this way or, or he sits over here. But uh, he'd be proud of this one. Ben, enjoy the rest of your time away. Well-earned. Uh, great time with your family. The production team, thanks for putting this one together, our second solo show. We'll be back as a dynamic duo next week. Uh, Take care, everybody. Have a great week. Get Super Cereal.